in a world where achievements and accolades motivate us to do more and be more, we're often left wondering, is this really it? Deep inside, you know there is more to life. You're ready to leave behind the old push your way through and claim the deeper life that's calling you. That's where we excel. We're your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. And this is the Soulful Leader Podcast. Sit back and relax as we share the shortcuts we've uncovered to help you make shift happen. Hi, welcome back to the Soulful Leader Podcast. This is Stephanie Allen, and I'm here with Marin Oslak. We spoke last week about success and the process or the process, depending on which way you look at. <laughs> and we're going to continue that on that, that conversation today and taking it a little bit deeper because it really does stir up a lot of questions, doesn't it, Marin? It certainly does. And we did leave you with a couple of questions last week. And we, we have um, from our own past where we've done some delving inward some questions to share with you later in the podcast. And one of the things that I was thinking about when we, when Stephanie said it, it stirs up quite a bit is I was wondering for you all, what did it stir up from last week? As far as were you able to take one of the challenges that showed up in your life and look at it as an opportunity? We mentioned a couple of them like jealousy or anger or even joy. And we don't think of joy as a challenge. And sometimes it can be surface and not as deep as we would like it. And in those instances, I do think of it as, as a challenge. One of the examples that we used from last week was the fact that if you're, say for example, in sports and you've gotten first place and it still feels empty or in business and you've gotten a promotion and it may feel a little bit both and, meaning you're excited and thrilled about it. And yet at the same time, there's a, hmm, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So there is joy. And then what's behind it? So taking and going to the deeper level to the internal plane, instead of assuming that all of our expectations and our joy and happiness and fulfillment will will happen on the exterior plane, because to be honest, they actually won't. And the first step in that is examining, is taking it out and like a shirt, right? You take your shirt out of the box and you kind of examine it and you make sure then you toss it in the washer machine or to make sure it's all clean for you. You want to do the same thing with your achievements and your your assumptions is pull them out and take a look at them. Go a little bit deeper. So what I'm hearing you say too, Mary, it's like, it's not just about the outer achievements. It's like, we also need to nurture those internal internal chemicals as well. We talked a little bit about the whole internal pharmacy that we have, that when we actually get into flow state, which is the path of least resistance, where we're using our gifts and strengths and we're aligned with our, you know, our passions and our purpose, there is a state within us that literally turns on certain chemicals that you normally would get from a street chemical or a street drug. And it's like, we have this incredible pharmacy inside and we don't tap into it. We keep looking for the faults. And what I'm also hearing you say is that 
there is a certain thing that we're here to do outside in the world. We might have goals, achievements, accolades, things that we have like on our checkbox that we want to get in, but we tend to neglect also the beingness inside too. It's like, well, who will I be when I get that? You know, what is, what is it that I'm here to be, not just do? And I can relate to something of that, of like, I've said this to some of my younger people who are, you know, dating for the first time and they're wanting to find the love of their life or things like that. And I said, you know, we don't really fall in love with the person. We fall in love with who we are when we're with someone. So it's not mm-hmm. even really about them. And that's true for our careers. It's true for our lives, our health, our well-being. It's like, who are you when no one's looking? And who that's are you a good question. That? Yeah. Who are you when no one is looking? And I think that I know for myself in the past, I might not have liked the answer. And oh, I see that your your cat friend has joined Just you. That's when I said, we, Who am I when no one's her. looking? I have this paw that's like swatting me and then <laughs> and he's like, pick me up and love me. So yes, we've been hearing him love. in the background. I love it. So for those of you that don't know, we can actually see each other because we record on Zoom. So that's why I could see the the cat in, is now in the picture. So when we think of who are we when no one's looking, going back to that, I know for me in the past, I have, I don't think I would have liked my own answer on that. And I think a large part of the reason for that is because of the expectation of success. And we we brought this up last week of who is defining your expectations of success. And I know for myself, it was society and my parents, and I had no idea who I was, what I wanted, what I was supposed to. It's like, there was a part of me that knew that was, it was actually more in rebellion than than actually moving forward. It was fighting against. And so when I when I one of my teachers gave me an exercise at one point that said, if you had $30 million and didn't have to work a day in your life, if you could do whatever you wanted to do, what would you do? And I had no idea. What would I do? I mean, there's the whole vacation thing, and that would get old pretty quickly. If you've ever read um, the four-day work week, uh, at the end of the book, he talks about that of like, yeah, once you've gotten your success and you've you've gotten to where you want to be, and you've taken a year of vacation or you've sailed around or whatever, then you start to go, okay, like, what's next? What's what's my mission? Why am I here on this planet? You start to look for meaning. And that's what you were just talking about of what's the internal meaning? What's behind it? And that's where we get those chemicals from. When we really connect to our meaning, our mission, our purpose for being on this planet. And go ahead. It's so rich. It's so nourishing when we can connect. You know, I was speaking today with someone in, you pulled, I have these little cards that you pull in my office, kind of like to ask you for guidance. And, and this person pulled a card that said about, I have meaning and fulfilling employment. She goes, well, this doesn't really apply to me because I've been retired for the last 10 years. And I said, well, let's, let's take the word employment out. And it's like, think of like 
employing yourself into the world. Think of it like a life mission, a life meaning. Like it's not just about your money. Like interesting, isn't that on that card? It was all about employment, but it's about your gifts, your strengths, your passions. How much are you living them? How much do you feel fulfilled with them that you're growing them and learning them? And it completely lit her up. She's like, oh, I like that better. I like that better because I, for those of you who are listening, who are near retirement age or, or even thinking like, okay, I've picked a career and I so don't, I, I will not be here if I have to work this all the way out until I'm 65 or whatever. It's like, you're waking up to realize that there's more to life than just a paycheck or more to life. Like there's something there in meaning and, and purpose. And there's a price we pay when we, we, pay the price of our meaning and and fulfillment internally and our values for something external. But here's the thing. If you reverse it and you say, okay, I'm going to have meaning and fulfillment, you will get the outer as well. Like that's the key. That's the key is like we can, you can have it both. That isn't one sacrificing for the other unless you choose it to be. I just heard a story about a young man who was, uh, bound and determined to become a doctor. And his girlfriend was like, well, why? Why do you want to become a doctor? And he said, well, if I become successful and he wanted to become a surgeon because they made more money. And he said, once I get there, then I can go and do my fashion business and I can do the the stuff that I really want to do, you know, open a brewery or whatever it was. And she looked at him like, what? Why? why would you spend 30 years of your life doing X, which doesn't fire you up? It's just about the money in order so that after you've done that, now you can go and do what you really want to do. Why don't you take the shortcut and just go do what you want to do? And when I heard that story, it just epitomized the how much we don't know ourselves and how much we allow the external version of success to define who we are and what we want to do with our lives. You know, and so what is it that if you had $30 million and you didn't have to go become a surgeon in order to do it or et cetera, what would you want to do? And if you have something in mind, what would it take to take the first step towards that? Good question. Yeah. If you had 30 million years to live, mm. you know, how would you, how would you live it? What would be important? How many lives would you experience with? Like, you know, what would you do? And, and it's not just the doing, it's like, you know, who would you be? Wouldn't you be, would you, be, I, I've heard this before. People say, oh, I don't want that much money or I don't want to live that long. I'd be, I'd be so bored, you know? And I'm like, okay, that's a, that's something to note too. It's like, you can change that. You have the ability to change the quality of your life. Hmm. And we think it has to happen in the outer. Well, of course the outer will change, but it starts from the internal. You, you, it starts from a decision. It starts from a place where you give yourself permission to say, you know what, I'm willing to change the way I think, the way I believe, and what I've told to value. And I'm going to really look inside to ask myself, what is it that is important for me to value? Because really, you live with yourself until death do you part. You're the only person you're going to be with for your entire life. 
your entire life. It's the only thing for sure. What's our relationship with that true self, with that deep self within yourself? Are you, I think about that. I think about that question and and for that young man. Mm -hmm. So who will you be when you fill in the blank? Who is he going to be for 30 years doing what he is not passionate about, what he doesn't love? And how much will it, what's the price he is going to pay? Mm-hmm. What would you have to give up for those 30 years? Right. Then, and, and, and here's the thing. There's no guarantee that in 30 years, you're going to have the, the health or the passion or the will to even make that happen or the results. Right. What are you, what are you going to have to give up? Could be relationship. It could be time and energy and money and all these other things. Location. There's so many things like, is it worth the price you have to pay on other levels? Not just financial. And part of that price will be not knowing himself. And I think we've all paid that price a little bit of, we, we do get caught up in, what is expected of us out there, what somebody else's version of success looks like. And we talked about that last week of, I I look over there and I see them being successful and I'm a little jealous and I'm like, Oh, I want that. And it's not what they're doing. And yet I take it at that level of like, Oh, I want to do that instead of I'm jealous of the fact that they're so passionate about it or they're so involved. They feel like they have a mission, whatever the layer is for me. And when I think about somebody who wants to go do something for money for 30 years, the surgeon, in order to then do his life mission or do something that makes him happy, what he will give up is maybe not just outer stuff. It's the inner connection to who he is and what he really knows. Because in order to do that for 30 years, you will have to continually silence the inner voice that's getting more and more agitating saying, what are you doing? Wake up. So how do we dull that? We dull it with, you know, addictions and with um, other, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And so there's, there is the cost of, oh, he might not have a relationship or he might, it's like, what's the cost of the relationship to himself and to his own higher calling, to his own mission. And now I'm using using I, him I, as an example. Yeah, but, but I mean, I, I've caught each of us. This now. is us, say, right? This is us. <laughs> you do. It's like you know, I, I listening to that story. It's like I can totally relate. I yeah. can totally relate with times that I have done that too. And it's reminding me of one of our earlier podcasts that we did, Marion. We talked about be do have. Like we tend to think that it's like, you know, when I have this, then I will be that. But really it's, it's learning how to be first. Like when I am loving and true to myself and I'm listening to that inner voice inside, then I will have the external. It actually, and then I can do, and then I can do this, which would be joyful and fun and engaging. Right. That's right. They they say that the universe first whispers in our ear and then she will tell us outright and then she will whack us upside the head with a divorce. Yep. Absolutely. Pain <laughs> you know, and wakes us up. Pain it wakes does up. wake us up. And I know for myself, I've been in that situation where I'm like, okay, I I literally cannot breathe. What is it that you're asking of me? 
And how much easier would it be? And sometimes, you know, that's just what was meant to be. And that's okay. It's not about judgment. It's about information. And it's about getting curious and asking the questions. Absolutely. So talking about questions, I know years ago, Marin and I did this um, many, many years ago, probably close to 20. And they stayed with me. And I ask myself this every once in a while too, but this here, here's something that you can do in the outer world that will help you see yourself a little differently. Here's the first question. So let's just talk about these questions. The first question that I remember, like you, you, you find, you know, half a dozen friends, some who know you really well, others who might be just like acquaintances. And, and it's good to have a mix of many, like because it's it's fascinating when you start to track what each one of them is saying, and there, there will be some some things that are very much um, aligned. <laughs> mm. And and one of the very first questions asked is like you know you ask these these individuals when you think of me, what is the first word that you would use to describe me? Now I say that because you're thinking, oh, but if I ask an acquaintance, they don't even know me. It's really fascinating on how much they will see. In fact, sometimes they see it more so than someone who's known you for years. Very much so. And it is, it's one of the, the really amazing things about this is the information that comes back to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember that information that came back. One of my very long-term childhood friends who's like literally has known me since I was born. Um, We've traveled our lives together. Her answer to me, when she gave me her answer of what what the first thing that came to to her mind when she thought of me, I had in my preconceived ideas about what she was going to say. Oh, you know, somebody has energy. She has this. She has that. Da da da. What she told me so came out of left field hmm. that it not only opened my heart, it actually broke my heart. It actually touched me so deeply that it made me cry. I had no idea. And it was so beautiful. Like it was so beautiful. And she's like, you know, when I said, it, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's what you see. She's like, Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I, I want those of you who are listening, allow yourself to be surprised and delighted by what people say. Don't so quickly say, are you crazy? How do you see that? I mean, you're crazy. You're not. I want <laughs> you just to breathe it in. Because you, I promise you, you'll be surprised and delighted by what people experience and see that you don't. That was one of the rules that I would say around this is either do it by email, send them the the questions via email so that you can't just automatically respond. Or if you want to have an an in-person or a phone or a Zoom conversation with somebody, which is beautiful and lovely. Make sure that you let them know, I won't be responding. I just want to take it in. So I'm going to take some notes. And when we're done, then we can talk about all three of them. Because there are three questions that you'll be asking. And set yourself up like that. So that you're there isn't the expectation that they're going to say something. And that you're going to respond to it negatively or positively or whatever. That there's any kind of a response. Mm. Just let them know. Hey, you know what? I'm going to ask three questions and I'm going to give you time to respond to me. And I'm not going to give you any kind of a response till, till we're done. And that's really a, a nice yeah. parameter or container in which to do this. And I would also 
like out of gratitude for their efforts of doing that, I'd also return the favor to them and answer the three questions and give if it they're back interested. Them. If they're yeah. interested in receiving that too. <laughs> it's really fun. It's it talk about a really wonderful um intimacy connection with those that you love. All right. So you curious what the second question is? Yes. <laughs> so the second question would be what would you perceive to be my greatest strength? Yeah. It's so interesting because we have our own stories about ourselves and we assume that what somebody else sees in us is what we see in ourselves. And it is, if it's something, if you're able to do this with somebody where it's an exchange, where you make the agreement of like, I'll ask you the questions and then you ask me the questions. Um, the conversation that you can have afterward is is pretty amazing. Kind of like what you had with your friend. Like, really? That's what you yeah. Oh, that's what you see? Hmm. Isn't that so we've interesting? We've been trained to actually strengthen our weakness for the most time. So you may have found yourself being focused on the thing that you thought you were really working on being strong at, and they don't even see that in there. And they mm. literally come up with something completely that is actually your natural, which is why you're asking them to see it. You're like, that comes easy. What are you talking about? That's so easy. Yeah, but that's your natural strength. It does come. And easy. that's when you're in flow. That's yeah. when you're in flow. What we're <laughs> talking about. All right. right so, so what's our question third question? <laughs> Here's when we are talking about success, because this might give you some insight about where you got um, maybe astray off of your success ideals or where you are being pointed towards to have some insight with. And here's the third question. When you ask your friend, your acquaintance, you ask them, what would you perceive to be my biggest achievement or success in my life? Hmm. And obviously that will be different for somebody that knows you for a lifetime and somebody that knows you for, you know, 20 minutes, that type of thing, or a shorter amount of time. Okay. Yeah. So take notes, take notes, take them in. You know, if you're doing this over the phone or you're doing like, like what Maren suggested, maybe do it over email, but there is a really beautiful attribute of if you're doing it in person, to just really breathe it in, to really hold your own criticism and thoughts and reactions and just hold it in and let it nourish you because it will be very loving and very kind. It's a, it's a wonderful practice. I know this is something that I've done multiple times throughout my life. I think I've done it three times and each time it's, it's fed me. It's something that has nourished me and has changed my perception of myself and broadened my scope. And it's just been wonderful. So I hope that all of you out there have a lot of fun with this this week. And we do have a Facebook group. We would love to hear how it impacted you. We also have an, a LinkedIn group. So whether you're on LinkedIn or Facebook, please join us in one of those places or both and share because one of the things that you'll notice from this exercise is that sharing really does bring us closer and gives us information that we can't get on our own. And so that's the community that we're working towards building is we want to be in 
in this conversation with you. So please join us in on Facebook or in LinkedIn and uh, share your insights. A wonderful surprise and delightful week. Look forward to hearing from you and we'll carry on next week. And that wraps up another episode of the Soulful Leader Podcast with your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to dive deeper, head over to our website at thesoulfulleaderpodcast.com. Until next time.